podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Salah. Escape Cancela. Oh, it's brilliant from Mo Salah. And still, Salah. Oh, sensational. Son had a goal and still the beauty. Oh, what a strike from Yuri Tielemans. De Bruyne. And it is Wood. From Martinelli. Gorgeous. Still going up. Oh, he's done it again. And City. Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable, with your host, Tiriwa Chanakira, and his guest, Jackie Eltringham. It's game week 31, and you know what that means, it's time for another brand new episode of A Tad Predictable Guys, I'm super excited this week because I know the January transfer window is over for the Premier League, but for a tad predictable, it's not over. We've been able to sign a new recruit. Um, we felt that obviously we had that campaign to try and stop Guy Drinkle winning the Banquet or Burnet. And then we realized our defending champion, Jody McKenna's, was female. We didn't have a female guest competing for Banquet or Burnet at the moment. So, we, the suits upstairs were, were adamant that we had to stop Guy Drinkle winning. Um, and the best way to do it is to get Jacqueline or Jackie Altringham on. Um, Jackie, they say, you know, if, if, if you want to get it done, probably ask a woman to get it done. True. Very true. When, when has that ever been proven wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Um, welcome to a tad predictable. Uh, obviously you are a Newcastle fan. I am. Do you want to give me maybe a background of your fandom for Newcastle? And obviously, this is a great time for for Newcastle at the moment. And how are you finding the season so far? Absolutely brilliant. I mean, we're at the at the end of last season when we were bottom of the table, um, I did tell everyone that I believed that we were going to finish top six, and all the men laughed at me, said no chance, maybe top half the season, but never top six. Um. And yeah, they're proving them all wrong and proving me right. I've got every, every faith in Eddie Howe. Um, and I think the team at the minute is an amazing team. Bruno, especially. Um, and Kieran on the defense. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I'm, I think for me, they've been the maybe not surprise team of the season, but certainly the most exciting team in terms of bringing in new blood into that traditional top six, so to speak. It's always fun, I think, to to mix it up in the Premier League and to have Newcastle doing so well. Bruno, I think, would fit into any midfield in world football, really. I don't think he would he would he would look out of place, so to speak. Um and he's just been pulling the strings for you guys really, really well. And it is fortuitous because obviously the first game we're going to be discussing is Aston Villa versus Newcastle. Um, so you chose a good podcast to come on to for that one. So we'll kick off in, in a more comfortable place for you, I guess, then with Aston Villa versus Newcastle. I mean, it, it, it's a game that a couple of weeks back maybe doesn't catch the eye as much as I think it does now, relatively speaking, with Aston Villa all of a sudden doing well. Newcastle obviously still chasing that top four spot, sitting in third place at the moment in the league, uh, looking good there. 
Is this a game you're looking forward to? Are you nervous with the way Aston Villa are playing? How are you feeling about this one? I'm not nervous. Um, I mean, uh, I, I believe, I believe we're going to win this game as well. Um, <laughs> no pressure on the guys, but, uh, no, I think with Matty Cash being out at the minute, um, obviously I know they have Watkins and, um, I think Coutinho's still out as well. So yeah, I, I, I think we're going to do well. I think we're going to beat them 2-1. <laughs> 2-1. Wow. Yeah. Straight off the bat with the scoreline. I yep. love it. Very, very confident. Yeah. Look, for me, I think this low key could be a game that could steal the weekend. Um, just looking at the fixtures, obviously in terms of derbies, there's a London derby, West Ham, Arsenal, but other than that, there's, Maybe Chelsea Brighton is one that people will be looking forward to with how well Brighton are playing and how poorly Chelsea are playing. But in terms of the weekend and in terms of spectacle for a game, I think this one, Aston Villa versus Newcastle, especially because it's going to be a home game for Aston Villa. So maybe they'll have more impetus to attack, but playing against the Newcastle side who have been very, very formidable this season. Um, I think for me, scoreline up. I'm selfishly going to go 2-2 because I want to watch a game that's going to be really fun with lots of goals. Um, and I, and I hope I haven't offended you and, and, and I, I see you're still logged onto, um, onto the podcast. So I'm, I'm glad you haven't just uh, ended the call and, 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 and quit a tad predictable straight off the bat. But yeah, for me, I think it's two teams that are playing well at the moment. Both obviously will be hoping for a win in this one, but I think a, a draw is fine for both. I still think. Newcastle are the favourites to get fourth, in my opinion. Looking at um, the teams that are in and around, they're probably the favourites to get third at the moment with the way things are going. Um, Man United have been shaky at times. So I, I don't think this result would derail Newcastle's hopes of having Champions League football next season. But let's move on to a team whose hopes have been absolutely shattered in terms of making top four this season and, and possibly even just having European f- football in general. Talking, of course, about Chelsea, who had that 1-0 loss to Wolves uh, last time out, a, a wonder goal by Matez Nunes. Um, they come up against Brighton, who probably were the unluckiest team this weekend. Uh, I, I don't know if you were able to see all of the decisions that went against them. Um, yeah. You know, against Tottenham. And, and I was at the ground. And I, I must say, especially the, the last... Um, decision with the, when they should have been awarded a penalty. It was on the other side of the stadium for us. So we couldn't really see, although it looked suspect. Um, and then having been able to watch the highlights again afterward, after the game, then, I mean, they, they, Pogmol apologizes, but that doesn't give you three points. Those apologies don't matter. What, what, what do you think of this game and, and the situation maybe Brighton were in this weekend? I think over the past few months, there's been a lot of, uh, decisions made, um, VAR decisions, um, that have gone against teams. And, uh, I think without being too, um, what's the word? Controversial, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it, uh, PGM, uh, Pogmon really need to look into Who's making the decisions? Why they're making the decisions? Um, they need, they need, they basically need a whole new team behind that VAR. Somebody that's going to 
follow through, um, have the same kind of roles, the same kind of, you know, ideas behind what should be given, what shouldn't be given. But yeah, there's a lot of teams throughout this season that I think have been robbed uh, due to VAR decisions. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I had a really clever idea the other day where someone was pitching for, you know, there's a lot of academy players who at 21, 22, once their youth contracts are are finished at clubs and they get released, they don't really have a future because a lot of them maybe haven't um, applied themselves as much uh, on the academic side of things because, you know, football's been their life for so long. And then all of a sudden they're, they're hung out to dry at 21, 22, either looking for a club maybe in a lower league or not knowing what to do with their lives. And someone was pitching, perhaps getting them to enter into some sort of referee academy of some kind or because at least they know the rules of the game because they've been playing it for so long. They've been trained, you know, academy football. So it's been high level training for them. Get them involved in, in refereeing, get, you know, educate them from that standpoint. Some of them maybe half go into the VAR academy, so to speak, and half go into the referee academy. And we, bring those people up and see if that maybe changes things. I, I don't know how you feel about that. I would that. agree. Mm. Yeah, I would agree. Um, like you said, they know the rules of the game, games and things. So, but yeah, um, something really needs to be looked at and done about it because, you know, I know that Newcastle have been robbed a few times this season, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, I think, I think that is the right way forward. Uh, the guys that are leaving the academies and, you know, in between, teams and that give them the option yeah yeah i think so i'm I'm thinking of that liverpool newcastle game near the beginning of the season speaking of yeah. being dropped by that's, bar. that's the first one that came into my head <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah let's so let's speaking of brighton and, and, and var and and solutions that need to be done there i, I think brighton are going to be on some kind of revenge tour um against chelsea and i'm worried for chelsea in this game with the form they're coming into it, are, are you as concerned? Um, what score were you were you leaning towards for this one? Um, I was going to say one nil to Brighton. Yeah. Simply because I think Mason Mount's out at the minute, and Asper Lequeen. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be playing uh, the next games. Um, but looking at their team this weekend, yeah, I I was going to say one nil to Brighton. Yeah, and, and I think that would be a a confidence booster for Brighton. Again, one of those surprise teams near near the higher echelons of the table, hoping to get European football, um, which I think would be absolutely fantastic for Brighton. Um, yeah. Obviously, probably one of the smarter clubs in the Premier League in terms of recruitment. And, you know, they'll sell a Basuma and then a Moises Casado will pop up. And you're almost thinking maybe Tottenham signed the wrong player. Um there, but Matoma's been sensational this season. Deserbi coming in, um, has been, it hasn't derailed things, you know. Potter leaving, Deserbi coming in, they've just carried on. They're currently in seventh place, but they do have two games in hand on the teams above them. So they could be climbing up the table, um, if results go their way this weekend. I think for me, um, Chelsea need to figure out how to score goals again. Uh, I, Hopefully, I guess for them, Lampard with his goal scoring prowess will be able to help them resolve that. But it didn't look too impressive against Wolves over the weekend. 
Um, I think Brighton are too well disciplined uh, to, to concede to them. So I'm, I'm going to go 2-0, slightly more bullish than you, but I just, I was very impressed with Brighton this weekend. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've constantly heard of, you know, Dezobi football, how it, they're, they're trying to move the teams from left to right slowly, 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 and then quicken the pace with a couple of quick passes to try and break the lines. And I think being at the ground, being able to actually see it in person, it, it just made sense to me how they play and, and how effective it can be. I mean, they cause all sorts of problems for Tottenham Hotspur. But yeah, so I've, I've gone 2-0 for that one. And we'll move on to Everton versus Fulham. Two teams who are probably the least informed in the league at the moment. I mean, Fulham were flying high and then four losses in a row, a draw for that fifth game. Uh, and I'm looking at Everton. They have one win in their last five games. But obviously, it's more serious for Everton at the moment because then hovering near that relegation zone. They're not in the relegation zone on goal difference alone. But if you're looking at their their points tally at the moment, surely for Everton, this is a must-win game at home against a a Fulham side that's not playing well at the moment. I don't see it, to be honest. I don't see any any goals being scored in this uh, Everton-Fulham game. Um, Fulham hasn't got Mitrovic at the minute because he's on his ban. Um, Everton, they don't have Calvert-Lewin. He could be making a comeback, but he's not back in full-time training yet. So I don't think that's looking too hopeful. Decore is out. Um, I think uh, Dewsbury, uh, no, not Dewsbury Hall. Who's the other one? He's on a match ban. Um, So, yeah, looking at their team, yeah, I, I think that's going to be nils each. Wow, yeah. It, it, I mean, if <laughs> as I said, it, it's two teams that aren't playing well at the moment. So, so it makes perfect sense. Um, one thing I think Everton will be hoping for is that the fans maybe can pull a, a goal into the, into the net just by cheering so loud because it, it does create a good atmosphere at Goodison Park when they're playing well and mm-hmm. equally can be quite toxic when they're not playing well. Um, so I'm curious to see how the players, first of all, perform and if they allow the crowd to carry them for the rest of the game or if it's a poor performance that just has a crowd on their backs from, you know, from the first couple of minutes and it makes it a very, very difficult game for them. I haven't quite gone nil-nil, but I've gone low scoring as well. I've gone one nil to Everton purely because of the home advantage. I think, I do think the crowd's going to be able to to lift them to at least get one over the line. And as you say, the the injuries for them aren't great. Um, not really much up front. I think Sims, who they brought back from loan um, in January, you can see he's not quite Premier League ready. He had a big chance against uh, Man United on the weekend and, and didn't finish it off. Those kind of things you can't get away with in the Premier League. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm giving them one nil, maybe a set piece goal. Maybe it's, you know, Keen or Tarkovsky and at the back post bundling it and over. And I guess for Everton fans, it, they won't care how it goes in as long as it does go in and, and they get the result there and try and put some distance between them and the relegation zone. And speaking of the relegation zone, we've got Southampton. They're going to be entertaining Crystal Palace, who, I didn't have 5-1 Crystal Palace on my bingo card 
for this weekend, but they were absolutely sensational in that second half. What did you make of that performance? And then obviously Southampton had to face Man City. I, I don't think even the most optimistic Southampton fans were expecting to get anything from that game. I was so surprised at this weekend's uh, result for Crystal Palace. Um, but uh, I think Edward has gone out with a knock yeah. as well. So um, And Guetta, he's out as well. So, oh, I don't know. With Crystal Palace, Southampton, I'm going to say 1-0 to Crystal Palace for this this uh, this game week. But uh, I think they just had a, a good game um, this weekend. I don't think we're going to see that again from them this season. Yeah, it, it, it almost felt like in the moment. It, it, it reminded yeah. me, I guess, of that Liverpool 7-0 against Man United where they haven't performed to that level consistently, nope. but they turned it, it, everything just worked for them in that one moment, in that, in that game. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I think it was a great day out, I would imagine, for Crystal Palace fans, obviously an away game as well. So back-to-back away games, if they can get victories there, you have to say the Roy Hodgson appointment is starting to look quite rosy. Um, I was personally quite critical of it because I thought um, they didn't give Vieira enough time. Um, he had that difficult patch of just, I think, two or three months of just playing all of the best teams in the league. And then the moment he now plays the bottom half of the teams, they fire him, um, which I thought was going to be his chance to try and you know, get back uh, onto winning ways. Did did you think they were a bit quick to to pull the trigger on firing him? Yeah, definitely. I was absolutely gutted for him, to be honest. Um, he just had a run of bad luck, but I know that he could have turned that around. I mean, this is Vieira, um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think they they were far too quick on uh, letting him go. Um, yeah. But I think I think they've. A few teams have been like that with managers over the last two or three seasons. So, yeah, um, totally agree. They're letting go too soon. Yeah, and I, and I think maybe just the, the fear of being relegated and the financial consequences that has, teams are very quick to pull the trigger, um, you know, if they sense any hint of danger, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I, I just like Vieira um, as a manager. I think he's done it the right way. You know, he... he went to the US, he coached in France, then he eventually made his way back to the Premier League. He didn't necessarily just walk into a top-level job, you know, without any experience. He he did the graft work. Yeah. And I thought I thought they were building something exciting at Crystal Palace with young players, exciting players, and, and he was going to be a part of that. Um, but yeah, maybe for them, you know, it's justified based on the results that they've gotten recently. And if... It turns out the way you said, you know, one nil for Crystal Palace. I also had a one nil for for Crystal Palace as well. Then I think it's it, it's a perfect situation in terms of them staying up, which I guess is is the ultimate goal for them. For Southampton, um, they still look like they're playing for the manager. It's it's not like you know it it for me. It's just a really really young team that doesn't have a goal scorer. It's always yeah. going to be difficult in this league. And you can see they're trying. We've seen, you know, in the past teams just give up on a manager. I've not seen that yet. Um, but it, it just seems they're, they're well short up front and they've got a really young team. It's an inexperienced team. Many of them probably haven't been in a situation like this where they're fighting for their lives or livelihood in the Premier League. It, it's just been really, really difficult for them. Did, did you 
see this coming for for Southampton or no I didn't I, I, I think because they played quite well last season I mm. didn't see them doing so badly this season I mean Ward Prowse and that was, was brilliant for them so um yeah I've been quite surprised at how badly they're actually playing the past few months um but yeah um I I, I hope they uh they get themselves sorted out cuz it's not looking good for them. <laughs> no, it's it's looking quite ominous, and and they've they've been in the Premier League for quite a while now. Yeah. Um. So it, it, I guess in that sense, it would be a, a shame to see them go. But they're currently twenty three points, um, four points off of uh, safety at the moment. Uh, it, it's going to be a tall order, I think, for them to to stay up the season. And if they manage to do that, they've got the nucleus of a very exciting young squad. But equally, I think. Because their squad is so young, a lot of them would be willing to go down to the championship with the team. Yeah. Which would hopefully for them equal them being able to bounce straight back up. Um, and then maybe those players would have a bit more experience, more confidence, having done well in the, in, in the championship, obviously, if they come straight back up. So I, I don't think it's all doom and gloom, but obviously the, the prospect of not being in the Premier League is never a fun situation to, to be in. But let's move to, Tottenham versus Bournemouth, as I said, um, we discussed, I guess, the Brighton side of things for the Tottenham-Brighton game this past weekend. But um, in terms of Tottenham, the important thing for them is they still have Harry Kane. So no matter how bad they play, if they just keep games close from a scoring perspective, you know Kane's going to pop up with one or two that will see you over the line or or save a draw or, you know, get them a win. Um it seems like that's going to be their game plan for the rest of the season is Kane's going to fire us to top four. And I'm looking at Brighton and I'm thinking, I don't, I don't know if they're going to be able to handle Kane, let alone Son, if he performs like he did. All of a sudden Son was back this past weekend. It's going to be a tough game, in my opinion, for Bournemouth, who obviously they had that one no win against Leicester on the weekend. Um, I guess Bournemouth are just trudging away. Like they're not, they're not in the limelight. They're just quietly going about their business. They're currently in 15th place with 30 points. You know, three wins in their last five games is massive for, for Bournemouth. So they haven't, yeah, they've, they've quietly gone, gone about their business. Um, but I just think they're going to be in trouble with, with the attacking prowess of, of Tottenham this, this coming weekend. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Um, but I do want to see a bit more from Kulusevsky yes. with Spurs. Um, I mean, he was absolutely brilliant before he went off, uh, well, before his injury. Um, but I don't think he's back to his 100%. Like he's not performing 100% like he was. So I do believe Spurs are going to pull it out the bag against Bournemouth. Um, like I said, I just, I, I wish we saw a bit more of Kulusevsky and Son over Kane because Kane seems to be like you said keeping them afloat at the yeah. moment but uh but yeah I think uh I think that game's going to be 2-0 two 2-0 nil. Two nil to Tottenham <laughs> to Tottenham sorry yeah, to- <laughs> yeah, no, <that's- laughs> yeah to Tottenham <laughs> um yeah Bournemouth fans got a bit excited there for a second no unfortunately 2-0 <laughs> to Tottenham is your prediction yeah, yeah. I-, I 100% agree with you with Kulisevsky he seemed a revelation when he came in and we then thought at least there was now an outlet 
for days when Son and Kane maybe weren't performing at their best, he would step up. But as you said, he's he's been quite quiet this season. I, I do wonder if he's become a bit predictable at times because we know when he gets the ball, he's going to cut in onto his left foot. Every yeah. single... I, I would prefer if maybe once or twice he hit the byline just to now give defenders, you know, that second split second of hesitation. But at the moment... As soon as he gets the ball, it's almost as if the defenders start running inside and saying, you know, I'll meet you there because he does yeah. it every time. So um, Very predictable. Yeah, very, very predictable. Yeah. And and usually your second season in the Premier League is a lot harder because, you know, they now have some sort of scouting report on you, analysis on you, and, and they kind of know your game. So, yeah, mm-hmm. varying his game is, is probably something that will not only benefit him, but benefit Tottenham Hotspur and and... and and their pursuits of top four. Um, in terms of my prediction, I, I do think 2-1 to, to Tottenham. I think Bournemouth might get a goal just because Tottenham's defence is so error-prone. Um, I don't think, it, you know, I, I can't confidently give them a clean sheet with, with the way they've been playing this season. They just seem to always make mistakes when it's unnecessary. And Bournemouth... Maybe they might not have the talent of the other teams in the league this season, but at the very least, they've, they've been hardworking. Um, obviously, they got that win against Liverpool recently that I got to see where I, I thought they, they, they worked really hard in that game and made it very difficult for them. So, you know, and I said three wins in their last five games. They're probably coming into this game with a little bit of confidence. Um, but yeah, I, I think Kane is going to be too much for them. That's why I've gone 2-1. But um we're going to now move on to Bank It or Burn It. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to go to a quick ad break. Uh, we'll see you after this. And we are back, um, obviously excited for Bank It or Burn It. We haven't had it for the last two weeks or so. Um, obviously, we finished the second round, so to speak, of of, of people's chances we currently have jake jackman sitting at the top of the leaderboard with 18 out of 25 guy drinkle both his attempts were 16 out of 25 and then riley his highest attempt is 16 out of 25 um how are you feeling about um about bank it or burn it uh nervous because (laughs) (laughs) i haven't listened to it before so (laughs) i haven't heard this part so yeah, I am nervous. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be fine. We'll, we'll we'll see how you get on. Um basically for those that are listening for the first time, uh welcome. And what we're going to do is I'm going to put 15 seconds on the clock and Jackie's going to try and answer all of the five questions in each of the five games that we've just discussed. Um I'm going to give her five scenarios in each of those scenarios, she's going to either shout bank it if she thinks the scenario will happen, or she'll shout burn it if she thinks the scenario won't happen. So the questions um, for the relevant games are A, over 850 total passes, B, less than 35 clearances, C, over three yellow cards, D, a headed goal, E, first pump goal celebration. Um, so yeah, so if she thinks it's a head of goal, she'll shout bank it. If she thinks it's not, there's not going to be a head of goal in that game, she'll shout burn it. Um, we'll run through the questions quite fast to make sure that she gets through each question in time for that 15 seconds. Uh, 
Are you ready? I know you're nervous, but are you ready? <laughs> uh, as ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> Great answer. All right, I'll start. The 15 seconds. Your first fixture is Aston Villa versus Newcastle. Hopefully this one's a good omen for you. Um, obviously with Newcastle being in there, but your time starts now. Over 850 total passes. Burn it. Less than 35 clearances. Burn it. Over three yellow cards. Bank it. Headed goal. Bank it. Fist pump goal celebration. Burn it. You're a natural. What time <laughs> to spare? I'll let the clock run out, you know. But that that was pretty good. How did you feel about that after you've now at least had one round under the belt? Well, I know my team, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit worried about the rest of them. <laughs> oh, fair enough, fair enough. But at least it's a confidence booster to to have Newcastle first. Um, yeah, you got through the 15 seconds without without any worry. Um, which is always, I guess, a big concern is, is making sure you answer, you, you give an answer for all 25 to give you the best possible outcome, um, going forward. But let's move on to now some more unfamiliar teams. Uh, Chelsea versus Brighton in a game where you predicted 1-0 to Brighton. So we'll see if that has an influence with regards to your answers going forward. But let's get going. All right. Chelsea versus Brighton, your time starts now. Over 850 total passes. Burn it. Less than 35 clearances. Bank it. Over three yellow cards. Bank it. Headed goal. Burn it. Fist bump goal celebration. Burn it. Oh, interesting. All right. Let's move on to... You're a natural. This this is good. This is good. Let's move on to Everton versus Fulham. I think the suits upstairs know what they're doing. Um, when they said, right, we need to sort this paper up and it out. Get Jackie on. She'll, she'll sort it out. <laughs> All right. Everton versus Fulham. Your time starts now. Over 850 total passes. Burn it. Less than 35 clearances. Burn it. Over three yellow cards. Bank it. Headed goal. Burn it. First bump goal celebration. Bank it. Interesting stuff. All right. Let's move on to Southampton versus... I don't even need the clock at the moment. You're just smashing <laughs> it through. Uh, Southampton versus Crystal Palace. Um, obviously, Crystal Palace maybe not going to have the performance that they had last time out, but hopefully for Jackie, she gets five goals in terms of five predictions for this one. Um, your time starts now. Over five, 850 passes. Bank it. Less than 35 clearances. Burn it. Over three yellow cards. Burn it. Headed goal. Burn it. Fist bump goal celebration. Bank it. Bank it to end it off. All right. Your last game for this one, it's Tottenham versus Bournemouth. Um, you predicted 2-0. 2-0 to Tottenham. All right. Okay. Your time starts now. Over 850 total passes. Bank it. Less than 35 clearances. Burn it. Over three yellow cards. Burn it. Head a goal. Bank it. First pump goal celebration. Bank it. Oh, who were you thinking in terms of the head of goal? Did you have someone in mind when you were, or? Um, well, it's either going to be Kane. Yeah. Um, or I think Hoiberg's been playing really well as well. So 
you know, it could be Hoiberg. Could be with a shot. Kane does love a head of goal every now and then. He does. Um, he does. So that, I think that's a solid shot. Uh, yeah, I'm very happy with how that went. How, how did you feel your first ever Banker or Burnett went? It wasn't as bad as what I thought. <laughs> I, I, th- I thought the pressure was going to be on and I was going to be panicking and not being able to answer a few, so not too bad. That, yeah, you did really, really well. To be fair, Riley, um, on his first one um, that he did, he, I think it was a Tottenham, uh, it was on the Tottenham game. He sort of thought he was going to run out of time and, and he gave certain answers quickly. And afterwards he was like, no, nah, I, w- I, I want to take some of these back. I want to take some of these back. So then none that you want to take back. It, w- it was quite seamless. It felt for you. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think, yeah, I've, I'm quite happy with, uh, what I've come out with. I think. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Now that's very, very good. Um, let's move on to Wolves versus Brentford, which if you are in the UK will be the last of the three o'clock kickoffs. Now, obviously, in the UK, they don't show the three o'clock games, which is very, very frustrating. But if you guys link up with our presenting sponsors, Liberty Shield, uh, this podcast is obviously presented by EPRindex.com in association with Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider and you can check out their services at libertyshield.com. You guys can save with the coupon code EPL25. It gets you 25% off of your router or software VPN and it's a virtual private network which is a technology that encrypts your internet traffic to protect your online identity. It hides your IP address and shields your online data from third parties. You can change your location and avoid geo-blocks and government-imposed restrictions. So, for example, for all of those three o'clock games, if you have, you know, you can get a Peacock subscription in the U.S., change your location to the U.S., and you're able to watch those games carefree. And me, personally, I watch all of them using the south african dstv even though i'm here in london and you know in south africa they show every single premier league game live which is quite incredible so i i've never missed you know i never get worried in terms of am i going to be able to watch this game or if it's a three o'clock kickoff how i'm going to watch it and that's all through liberty shield they are obviously also the number one voted um um vpn on trustpilot which is also pretty cool uh, you guys can also go and check out the EPL index shop. You can find it on Etsy. If you use the coupon code EPL10, you get 10% off at checkout. Right. Wolves versus Brentford. Um, now with regards to Brentford, uh, they've been one of the teams that obviously have been exciting this season, really well coached teams. They took the lead against Newcastle this weekend, but obviously Newcastle came back and won the game. What what were your thoughts on on Brentford in in that game, and how do you think they're going to fare against a Wolves side who haven't been great this season, but obviously got that one 0 win against Chelsea last time out? Well, when Brentford got the uh, penalty awarded um, and Tony took it, I knew he was going to get it in because Tony never misses a penalty. Um, but I knew we'd come back um, because when something like that happens, it just it seems to push our team, and we just. Yeah. Instead of playing dirty, like, you know, some teams can, we, it just pushes us to come together and we pulled it out of the bag. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, it's but a, yeah. I, it's a really good team spirit that Eddie Howe has built in, in Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, but Brentford team, I mean, I love Thomas as a, a manager as well. Yeah. Um, Thomas Frank. Um, but 
yeah. Um, I think that game, I think Brentford might actually beat Wolves because Wolves haven't been really on form this season. So um, I think I've, well, I actually went 1-1 for the game, but I'm not 100% sure on that um, result. I think Brentford might just beat Wolves. All right. So are you locking in 1-1? Do you want to change it? How are you feeling? Have you, have you go, talked your way into a Brentford win here? <laughs> I've, I have talked my way into a Brentford win. I'm going to go 2-1 to Brentford. 2-1 to Brentford. Perfect. Yeah, look, um, for me, I think Wolves have been shaky this season. Obviously, they're at 31 points at the moment. It, they're still looking over their shoulder, I would say. Um, yeah. Maybe this this season, 34, 35 points might be enough. Obviously, the 40-point holy grail is is always the, the, the mark that everyone wants to achieve because then you know you're safe. But I think they need a couple more results to go their way, um, and that will be enough for them you know, to stay up this season. In terms of fixtures, I'm looking at their fixtures going forward. Obviously, the Brentford game this weekend. Then they've got Leicester away, um, which is a Leicester side that haven't been confident. Uh, they've got Crystal Palace as well, and then Brighton. But you would imagine there, there are enough points to be got there in those games. I just don't think it's going to come against Brentford. I think they're going to be too physical for them, too clinical with the likes of Ivan Tony. And yeah, if they get a penalty, then you know Tony's scoring, as you mentioned. Um, I don't think he's ever missed a penalty in his uh, he has senior n- professional no, career. Yeah, he's never missed one. Which is absolutely phenomenal. Liverpool could mm-hmm. have used him this weekend. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, for me, I'm going to go 2-0 to Brentford. I think they continue their their pursuit of European football. They're currently in ninth place. They haven't had a win recently. I think it's been five games since their last win. So they're desperate to to sort of get a win. And I think this is a perfect game for them to play against the Wolves side that aren't really sure of themselves at the moment. Um and I guess for Brentford's sake, they're hoping that this then catapults them further up the league and, and the dream of European football, which would be quite a sight. Let's move on to Man City versus Leicester. I think for Man City, the good thing is Arsenal play, played Liverpool on Sunday and then they play West Ham in a London derby, which are two tough games on paper, maybe not on form with, with the way Arsenal have been playing relative to those teams. But if you compare that to City's fixtures, having a home game against Southampton, or having a game against Southampton and then a home game against Leicester, I don't think they could have picked, you know, better fixtures for, for themselves if they tried. Is it just business as usual for Man City, try and increase their goal difference and, and get a win? Or am I being too disrespectful to Leicester City here? No, I, I, uh, I think Man City, it's, it's just, they're just going to ride this game. Um, I mean, the only injury that I know of that they've got, I think, at the minute is Phil Foden. Yeah. But, I mean, who needs Phil when they've got a team <laughs> like they have? I mean, you know, Haaland and Grealish and De Bruyne. But, uh, but yeah, I think, I think this, this game for them, I think it's going to be an easy 3-0, at least. Yeah. I think, yeah, it, it, it's probably the, the, the hope for Leicester is more keeping the score low. And, and trying yeah. not to have their goal difference absolutely decimated rather than necessarily getting a win in this game. Um, I think 
when we get to this part of the season in the Premier League, if City still feel they have a chance to win the title, they almost go into this insane mode. They're, they've got this gear that they can shift to where they just get win after win after win and, and they just blow teams away. Um, and they seem to have entered that now. Um, none of their games seem close. None of their games seem like they, they're being threatened of, of losing. They're just an absolute machine. And I think it is the fact that if you're going to be, you know, going up against City in, in a title race, and it seems it's every season now, um, you've got to be, you've got to win it by like January, February. So that by that time, they're thinking, okay, the league's over. Let's focus on the other trophies. We know we still need to win the Champions League. Let's turn all of our attention to there. But at the moment, obviously, um, they're still right there with Arsenal. Arsenal still have a game. You, you know, Arsenal have played a game more. But um, City, if City win, you know, that game in hand that they do have, it's now in City's hands, which is quite a scary thought that if City go and win all their games for the rest of the season, they will be champions. And there's nothing Arsenal would be, you know, would be able to do about that because of that draw at Liverpool for Arsenal um, and the goal difference that City currently have. They've got five, you know, uh, plus five advantage over Arsenal. So again, a game where City are probably looking to increase the goal difference more than anything else, just to make sure that if the league gets to goal difference at the end of the season, they're going to be fine. Um, yeah, for me, I think ordinarily I, I would agree with you with the three-one. I mean, the three-nil scoreline. But I think because City are so focused on increasing their goal difference, usually, you know, at three-nil, teams sort of coast and they, they, you know, they just see the game out. <laughs> I think City are going to be ruthless and they're just going to go for more, especially with Holland there. He he doesn't seem to care for the for the, you know, traditional thing of football of with 3-0 up, let's just see the game out, you know, pass it around the back. Haaland's going to want goals. Um, and, and I, I think he's going to be absolutely on fire in this game. I've gone 5-0 to City. Um, I always feel bad giving such high score lines, but I just think City are on an absolute mission to go and win this league title. And one of the ways they could do that is obviously through goal difference as the table stands. Let's move on to, you know, the aforementioned Arsenal, they will be traveling to West Ham. Obviously, it's a short travel for them. It's a London derby. Is this one of those situations where it's enough of a derby where form goes up the window or are Arsenal just looking to get back to winning ways after after their draw on the weekend? I think Arsenal are just get like, you know, they are just wanting to win um, after the, the weekend draw. But uh, yeah, um I, I do think they're in a couple of games time they are going to be clinging to the the lead of like the, the top of the Premier League. Um, I don't think they're going to win the league. <laughs> oh, <laughs> as I think Man City are going to take it from them. Um, but yeah, um, as for the West Ham game, I've I've put three one to Arsenal. Three one to Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. Look, it, it, in terms of you know, winning and losing the league. It with the way both these teams are playing, it seems like it's going to be decided either between them in that game when they play each other, or maybe in games when they play like a Liverpool or something like that. Where, yeah. but a West Ham and a West Ham that's not in form as well. Um, as I said, I guess West Ham will be hoping that form goes out the window 
for the sake that they, you know, they, they, they have a chance in this game. But looking at their last game, they just sneaked past, um, Fulham. 1-0 win against, as we mentioned, a Fulham side that haven't been playing well, don't have Mitrovic. So yes, they got the win, but I don't think it gives them too much confidence heading into this Arsenal game. And as I said, they're probably facing an Arsenal side that are angry that they didn't see the game off against Liverpool. By halftime, they should have been at least 3 or 4-0 up, game done and dusted. And then in the end, they were almost clinging to a point with some some really good saves from Ramsdale. But yeah, I think I agree with you with the 3-1 scoreline for Arsenal. I think business as usual for them, they get back to winning ways. And, you know, they they look forward to seeing City <laughs> later down in the league where I'm really looking forward to that game. Um, let's move on to Nottingham Forest versus Man United. Now, Forest, at one point in time, were mid-table. They were winning games. They were very good at home and tough to beat. And it's just come crumbling down, really. Um, I think injuries obviously has played a massive part for them. I, I think they had like a, a starting 11 worth of injuries um, when I looked at their injuries the, the other day. And I guess it's one thing if you're City and you've got 11 injuries because you've still got another 15 players that could start for most teams in the Premier League. But if you're Nottingham Forest and you've got 11 injuries, that's, that's really crippling and very difficult to, to try and overcome. Do you think that's been probably the, the, the biggest downfall for them is their injuries? And then obviously having to come up against Man United in this game. I don't think it has been the injuries. Um, it seems to me that since they spent a fortune on a brand new team, they've just, they've, yeah, they've just gone really downhill. So I don't think it's anything to do with the injuries. Um, I think something needs to be looked at, um, in maybe some of the positions, change some of the guys around a bit. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's all to do with injuries when it comes to Nottingham. Um, maybe they let a few guys go that they shouldn't have. Um, but my prediction for that game is 2-0 to Manu, I think. 2-0 to Manu. And obviously Manu yeah. are the team that's closest to you with regards to, I guess, top four, top three situation. Are you confident that you guys will, will finish above them? You're both on, on 56 uh, points at the moment, but you've got over 20 goals, uh, you know, ahead of them in the, in the goal difference phase. So I think goal difference wise, you guys are fine to finish above them, but um, how are you feeling about Man United or, or are you not worried about them too much? I've got to say I'm not worried because I've got a few <laughs> friends that are Man United fans and <laughs> um, I, well, I need Newcastle to, you know, finish above them. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I think Man U seem to have, you know, a couple of good weeks and then maybe the odd bad week. But yeah, I'm, I'm not worried. I, I, I believe, you know, we're going to finish above Man U. Yeah, I mean, she says. <laughs> she says confidently, but based on form, I mean, you guys have won five games in a row. Um, yeah, Man United, as I said, they had that two 0 one against Everton, the one 0 one against Brighton, and then a, a bunch of losses and a draw in there. They, I think, they overinflated how well they would they were doing after the after the the World Cup break. Um, mm-hmm. and obviously it doesn't help when you've got pundits like, you know, the, the Gary Neville's just waxing lyrical about, you know, they're the second coming and, you know, Ten Hag can't do no wrong. 
I thought they were, I thought they were a bit over inflated in terms of how well they were doing. I, they were fortunate in some games. Obviously, Rashford seems to be in the form of his life at the moment. Um, you know, is he uh, not injured at the minute as well? That's the thing. That's the thing for them. If, if he's sure. down, if, you know, if that, mm-hmm. if that injury is, is long term, where, where do the goals come from for them then? Yeah. Um, he seems to have been the spark for them going forward. It helps, I guess, that Martial is back. Um, but again, he's another one that you can't rely on to be fit. Yeah. Um, all too often in, in, in a Premier League season. But yeah, in, in terms of this game, I think, uh, United should have enough. I've gone one nil man United. Um, and I guess that, that continues that hunt for top four for them. Um, let's move on to the last game of the weekend. I think it's on a, a Monday, this game. Um, it's Leeds versus Liverpool. Uh, obviously Leeds started well against Crystal Palace and it seemed like they were coasting towards a, a very comfortable win. Um, they got the goal from Bamford. They were creating chances. Crystal Palace were a threat at times, but not really. Um, I thought Crystal Palace were fortunate to get that first goal that they did get, which opened the door for them. And then I guess Leeds just let them in. Like <laughs> they just absolutely capitulated. Now, Liverpool have just uh, similarly in terms of allowing team chances, Liverpool just seem to open the floodgates for teams from a creative perspective. They don't look too solid defensively. And, you know, a lot of the issues have to do with how poor their midfield has been this season. But I think the only respite for Liverpool in this game for me is that Leeds have struggled to score goals. So yes, Liverpool will inevitably give them chances because that's what Liverpool have been this season. But I don't know if Leeds are going to be able to capitalize on them enough to go and get a win in this game. How how are you seeing this game going? Uh, See, I think Leeds have been really poor since even before Jesse uh, Jesse March. I think since Bielsa left, they've gone like really, really downhill as a team. Um, But then... Liverpool have had a really bad season as well. Um, I mean, I thought that they were on their way way back when Van Dijk came back from injury, but obviously that's not to be. And Salah's not really been on form. He's last, he's, uh, missed his last two penalties, um, one being this weekend as well. Um, so for the the mere fact that their like Liverpool's defence isn't as on form this season, I've gone. 2-1. I'm, I'm going to be generous to Leeds. Um, yeah, I've gone 2-1 to, um, for Liverpool to, uh, to win, but I think, I think Leeds are going to get one in because their defense is just, they don't seem to be playing as a team like they used to be. Um, I mean, they're, they're, it's totally obvious that this season they're missing money. They should never have, you know, got rid of money, but, you know, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, and as you said, they, they haven't looked like a team this season. No. I think the, the worrying thing for me is every press conference Klopp keeps talking about, yeah, we need to fix it. We're going to fix it. You know, you know, you know, and he's saying the right things in terms of, yes, they do need to fix it. But if you're saying it after every press conference, then what, what's going on on the training pitch? Like, how have they not been able to fix it if they've been talking about fixing it the entire season? So I think that's a concern for me. Um, obviously for Liverpool, I think the focus is going to be on 
gearing up for next season because they need to bounce back next season. I think this season has been a failure for them. Um, even if they, you know, if, if they make top four, obviously you, you never sniff at, at, at making top four, but I just don't see how they do it. Like based objectively speaking, based on the teams that are in those positions, you look at Newcastle, as we said, I think they're, they're nailed on for third place. Man United haven't looked great, but they're still eking out wins. But as we said, maybe the Rashford injuries is a big concern for them. We've got Kane trying to fire Spurs to top four. Brighton are playing well at the moment. I, I don't even know if Liverpool have enough to, to, to get ahead of Brighton, who I think would be a, a great team to make that. If it's a Brighton-Newcastle top top four, uh, third and fourth, I think that could be a fun season next season. But in terms of this game for Liverpool, um, they looked spirited against Arsenal in the second half. But we've seen, for example, with that Man United game, Liverpool players this season, they get up for the big games and then they've got an away game against a team that they should smash and they don't have that same level of urgency or, or fire in their performance. So I've gone with the 1-1 draw, just just purely based on what Liverpool have done this season. Um, I'm not confident in them putting in the same level of performance that they showed against Arsenal. And until they show that to me, I'm just going to continue to to assume that they're not going to do it. I predicted they weren't going to beat Bournemouth after they beat Man United 7-0. Uh, I got a bit of stick from Liverpool fans that said I was being a Debbie Downer. You know, how, how can you do that after a team's just won 7-0? But I, it just felt like what Liverpool have been this season. And I guess maybe again, I'm being a doom and gloom guy by predicting a 1-1. <laughs> no, uh, I totally get where you're coming from. I mean, um, in my fantasy uh, football, I used to have, you know, three of the Liverpool players, but I can tell you now I haven't got any of them. <laughs> um, so, no, I totally get where you're coming from. Um, yeah, they, they, they're they not as exciting as what they used to be to watch. Yeah, it's it's a far cry from the heavy metal football that, that Klopp introduced um, and the one that, you know, resulted in them winning a league title, but Hopefully, I guess for their fans' sake, they go on to improve. I still have one Liverpool player in my fantasy team, and it's Salah. So, um, yeah, that went well and not well on the weekend. But I, he's one of those players that if I put him in at the beginning of the season, I, I usually just keep him in for the whole season. Come the end of the season, he'll get me my over 10 goals and 10 assists. But yeah, yeah. It, it's been tough justifying keeping him in uh, these last couple of weeks. So we'll see if, if that helps me out. But that's going to do it for another episode of A Tad Predictable. Jackie, do you have anything you want to plug, put over or promote before we wrap up? I don't. No, thank you. I just want to thank you uh, for having me here. Yeah, no, it's been a pleasure. I thought you handled yourself really well on your debut. Um, I'm sure, you know, the, the Suits Up says will love to have you back on again sometime. Um, from my end, we're going to go ahead and check. Um, I'm going to ask you guys to go ahead and check out all of the content on EPL Index website. There are match previews, post-match reviews, player performances, all the news that you guys could wish for. Of course, there's the daily uh, podcast show. It's the two-footer podcast where Dave Hendrick um, goes through Premier League news and, and, and opinions. We also have the flagship show that runs weekly. It's the EPL Roundtable, where Kev DeVries sits down with panelists from respective EPL teams. They do reviewings and previewings that happen around the EPL. Uh, Kev was actually in London uh, this this Easter. Uh, I got to see him at the Spurs game, and we went for sort of a, a late lunch slash dinner as well after the game. So it was really fun and, and, and good to link up with him and see him. 
Um, so definitely go check out EPL Roundtable. Um, go and follow EPL Index on Twitter. Go follow at a tad predictable on Twitter. Go subscribe to EPL Index on your podcast channel providers. Give us five stars. Write positive comments. That stuff really, really helps us out. I've been Tadio Chenikera. You can find me on the Twitter handle at Tad Predicts. A huge thank you to Obi Semenya. He's at John Empire SA and Jody McKenna. She's at Spursy141. They do our guest intros. Our producer behind the glass, Mr. Guy Drinkle. He's at Guy Drinkle on Twitter. She's been Jackie Altringham. She's at Jackie underscore E-L-T-Y. And remember, Chisinga Perry, Chinoshiro. Brilliant from Mo Salah. And still, Salah. Oh, sensational. Son had a goal and scored a beauty. Oh, what a strike from Yuri Tielemans. De Bruyne. And it is Wood. Martinelli, gorgeous. Still going up. Oh, he's done it again. And City have won the Premier League. Sports Social Podcast Network.